0: Welcome to the ADS Podcast. This is where we talk about all things audience development for the arts related. Join us for discussions about audience building tips, ideas, concepts, and philosophies with sometimes brought in special guests. And now, here's your latest podcast for you. Hello and welcome to our next ADS podcast. This is Shoshana Finetza with Audience Development Specialists. And today we have a special guest, Amy Ratchford, who is the managing director of the American Shakespeare Center. We will be talking with Amy about how to partner with PBS. Before I introduce Amy to the show, I'd like to tell you a little bit more about her. Amy is the American Shakespeare Center's Chief Administrative and Financial Officer Amy oversees finance, marketing, development, and other business management functions for the 2.8 million organization. Before joining the ASC, Amy served as managing director of the Synchronicity Theater in Atlanta, a theater dedicated to supporting women artists, forging community partnerships, and developing new work. Previously, Amy worked in a number of capacities in theater in New York City, including producer, director, and actor. She earned her bachelor's degree in acting from the Tisch School of the Arts at New York University, and a master's in fine arts degree in performing arts management from Brooklyn College. Let's welcome Amy to the show.
1: Welcome to ADS Podcast, and today we have a special guest, Amy Rashford, Managing Director at the American Shakespeare Center, located in Stanton, Virginia. Hi, Amy. How are you? I'm doing
2: great. How are you? Good, good.
1: Thank you for agreeing to be on the ADS Podcast.
2: I'm excited to be here.
1: Great. So I wanted to, before we get started about our conversation, which is going to be about how to partner with
2: PBS, I wanted to know a little bit more about your position at the American Shakespeare Center. I'm the administrative head of the company. I oversee the finance, budgeting, marketing, development, all of that side of things. I like to say that my job is to make sure we have the money to fund our co-founder's vision.
1: Wonderful. So that means you are in every little piece of the pie there at the center. Pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What an amazing job. Wow. I love it. You must be very busy too and
2: fantastic.
1: So before we get to the topic at hand, as I mentioned, I I would like to find out more about your blog and podcast that I saw on your website. So how are you using these options to engage with your audiences?
2: Well, we're primarily using blogs through our education department right now. We've done a few things through the marketing and artistic side, but primarily we're working through the education department for that. We have an education blog that is run by our education staff, and then we also have an intern blog that part of all of our education interns duties is to post information about the work that they're doing for us, too, and it allows a number of different perspectives to comment on the research and scholarship and all the other education things that we do at the organization, and it gives the, our patrons the other side of who we are that perhaps isn't as visible when they just come to the playhouse.
1: So are you finding that the audiences are getting
2: more involved? Based off of the blog and the podcast, are they responding? Definitely. And we're looking at how to use each of those things in further ways. We worked with Theater Bay Area and Wolf Brown on their Intrinsic Impact studies, and what we found was that our patrons are incredibly engaged, but they all walk away with a lot of questions, some of which we've already given them the information that they're looking for through our blogs and podcasts. So now we're looking for ways to make those opportunities more accessible and more present in their experience so that they know both before the show and after the show that we love to explore all the things that they want to know about, and it's all right there in the blogs and podcasts. So are you
1: actually taking questions from the audience and then answering the questions
2: We aren't. Not not right now. I mean, sometimes we get questions via Facebook or Twitter or email that then we explore in various ways. But the podcasts are recordings of our Dr. Ralph Presents lectures where Ralph Allen Cohen, our director of mission and other members of the education staff present pre-show lectures on the shows that are in the season. And then we also do an Actors-Scholar Council podcast, where during the Actors' Renaissance season, which is the season we're in right now, we have our actors from the troupe sit down with scholars, because during this season, we do more rare titles than we do at any other time during the year, and we like to explore some of the issues and um, circumstances around those titles in a deeper way. Oh, that's very interesting.
1: So it's mainly
2: background information and Mm -hmm. more education about
1: Shakespeare and the plays themselves. Exactly. Uh, Are you using it to actually
2: have the audience get to know the actors a little bit more? That happens through the Actor-Scholar Council, yes. We've been exploring recently the idea of how we can... Better Use Podcasts Through the Marketing Side, and we have a lot of ideas about that. Right now, the way that we introduce the actors to our audience is more through interviews, um, printed interviews in our e-blasts and on Facebook and that sort of thing. I see.
1: So the information is there for them to find out more about the actors. Yeah, just in a different format. Okay, wonderful. So let's get to the topic at hand, and I read on your website that the American Shakespeare Center is proud to be the only U.S. theater company included in the British Broadcasting Corporation six-part series, Shakespeare Uncovered. So let's talk about Shakespeare
2: Uncovered. What was this experience about? Well, we got a call from the producers of the series when they were doing their the part on The Tempest, which the play was written by Shakespeare for the Blackfriars Playhouse. And since we are the world's only recreation of Shakespeare's indoor theater at the Blackfriars Playhouse, wow. and we happen to have been doing a production of The Tempest at that very time. Oh, talk about, asked, wow. Talk about <laughs> kids right there. That's fantastic. It absolutely <laughs> was. Yeah, the synchronicity there was incredible. Uh, so they called and asked if they could come and film part of the production and talked to our artistic staff and actors about the process they were specifically looking at how the space is used during the storm scene and other bits that we know were specifically written to happen indoors so that's where they wanted to focus and it was a great it was a very very fast process because when they called we had i believe three weeks left in the season oh, so we gosh. had to move really quickly wow. um and we have a long season for our summer and fall titles so it was uh, oh okay now we're going to do this really quick and so we immediately called um actors equity because we are an equity house and started working through the process of how to make this possible um we got it done Kathy bagwell marsh our director of marketing is completely responsible for us being able to turn that around so quickly.
1: That's fantastic, and I'd, I'd like to get a little more information about the process that you
2: talked about. Well, um, first we called the equity offices and said, this is what's going on, this is what we um, want to help facilitate, and they gave us the information that we needed on the rates that would need to be paid to the actors, and we make a policy that all of our actors are treated equally equally, regardless of their union status. So whatever contracts we were required to create for the equity members, we also did for the non-equity members as well. So what they said is anyone who is in the production gets paid the same rate, regardless of whether they end up on screen in the final product or not. And we passed that information on to the producers. They worked through all of the contracts on their end. And all of the paperwork and contracts happened through PBS here in the States, WNET, as a partner to the British Broadcasting Corporation. Wow. And all that had to happen within that
1: three-week time span? Yes. Holy cow. And then as far as the filming, how,
2: how quick was the filming? How did that? How did that work out? Mm -hmm. It was just a couple of days. They filmed all of the uh, talking head portions, so to speak, during one day, and then they filmed portions of the performance that night. We also set up a demo for them of the storm scene so that they could get more close-up footage of what we did with the storm scene, both out in the audience and also backstage because we do do Shakespeare's staging conditions so all of the sound effects and music are created by our actors whether on stage or off so they got shots of the thunder sheets and all of that sort of thing
1: no kidding so
2: the actors are really involved that is that is interesting
1: <laughs> so during this whole process what was the time span in terms of the filming and then when it actually went on television
2: well, the episode that they did on The Tempest was the last episode that they were filming. So the rest of the process went moderately quickly. It aired in the U.K. They filmed our production in the fall of 2011, and then it aired in the U.K. in 2012, and then it came to the U.S. in January of 2014, 2013. Sorry.
1: Okay, and then during the process of the actual broadcast, when it did hit
2: television, How did you invite and engage your audiences? We did a couple of things actually. It was, uh, and that actually leads me to our other partnership with PBS. When WNHC and PBS got ready to launch the US premiere of the series, they offered grants to local affiliates to allow them to do community outreach around this series. And so our local PBS affiliate, WVPT in Harrisonburg, reached out to us and said, we'd really like to apply for this grant. Are you interested? And we said, why? As a matter of fact, we're the only U.S. company in that. So, yes, we'd be very interested in partnering. So, we put together a grant application that included a community outreach event where we screened the Tempest episode at a local art house cinema here in Stanton and had a reception with some of the actors beforehand. And then we also, through that partnership, they filmed a 30-minute documentary on the company. So that's how the two PBS partnerships merged. Oh, how fascinating. And in terms of the outreach activity, can you describe what that involved? Sure. We had a reception at the Playhouse and some uh, introductory remarks, uh, just mingling in conversation before that. And we invited folks through email and social media, and WVPT also sent out invitations to their email list and uh, mentioned it on air. And then we went over to the theater to screen the event, and then we had a little talkback with Jim Warren, our artistic director and the director of our production of The Tempest, and a few of the actors that were involved both in the production and the filming. So you had mentioned that you had worked with PBS before. What what other types of
1: partnerships, collaborations have you done with them?
2: Well, like I said, they recently did the half-hour documentary on us, which was an exceptional experience they were so much fun to work with and so professional and the piece that ended up being completed it was not only a fantastic piece for them to air and get their folks more connected with what's here and available in our community but now it's been released to PBS stations and affiliates uh, across the country, so it aired in uh, Norfolk in January, and it's being picked up all over, so it's been a fantastic uh, vehicle for us to get our name out there. We also have partnered with them to offer, during their fall fun drive, we offered a special WVPT night at the Playhouse, so they had tickets to give away, we gave them to them complimentary for a performance in the middle of January where 100 tickets were available for them to use as an incentive during their fun drive. And as part of that, they had Jim and Ralph and I on air Talking with the uh, general manager of the station during the fun drive to promote both the Playhouse and the WVPT night and uh, our partnership with them. I love that because that
1: is really a true partnership. It's a win win situation. Mm-hmm. They're helping you. You're helping them. That's a great example. So what would you say are some of the new opportunities and positive gains you have witnessed through this relationship with PBS?
2: Well, it's definitely, I feel like PBS and NPR both are uh, natural partners for theaters in general and for us in particular just because of the dual mission that we have of theater production and education. And, uh That is also the mission of PBS. So the crossing over of our audiences, we knew was going to be strong. And we've definitely seen that. We've seen stronger response from folks talking about seeing the documentary, both the documentary they did for us and the Shakespeare Uncovered series on PBS. And that's coming from our patron. Our patron base is, very diverse it comes from all over Virginia and across the nation and internationally so we were getting emails from folks in the UK when the series aired over there and also now across the country as people see both the series and the documentary so it's definitely strengthened both the brand knowledge of who we are and also the uh the feeling of connectedness that our patrons have to us as a a bigger entity. Right.
1: And it sounds like you are obtaining some new audience members based off of these broadcasting community events. So how are you tracking this information?
2: Well, we actually, we're in the process of figuring out all our new reports. We recently switched to a new customer relationship management system so that we can track these things more deeply so do you mind me
1: asking which one you're
2: using i don't mind at all we switched to patron manager okay okay great so what
1: types of things in patron manager are are working to help you track this
2: well the ability to track basically anything you put into the database you can run a report on and so it's given us the opportunity to cross-reference things of what and like I said, we're just getting started on investigating this data. But uh, we will be able to look at the people who attended the screening of the Tempest episode versus how many tickets they've purchased previously or since, if they have a uh, leaning towards one type of production, whether it's histories or comedies or tragedies or what have you. The frequency of their attendance, we have, uh, as most theaters do we have a core group of what we call uber fans and then <laughs> uh, various tiers of connectedness through our patron base as you go out into the outer circles and so being able to see how deep that event and the responses that we got because that's the other thing in patron manager the tracking of all of the conversations that all of our Uh, Staff are having with our patrons within the patron account is going to be extremely useful because our box office, our development staff, marketing, education, touring, we all use the same system. So when our education director gets a call and somebody mentions that they saw one of these pieces or connected to us through one of these pieces, they'll tag it in the system and we'll be able to see all of the ways that these events have impacted our world. Right. I think it is
1: so important to have some sort of database to track that information. Um, Otherwise, you won't know what is working and what isn't working.
2: Well, and the biggest change here is the fact that everybody's using right. the same one, whereas previously we had education, Excel spreadsheets, right. we had right. uh, a development database and a ticketing database, you know, so everybody in the company is using the same system and tracking conversations within it yeah it's a
1: great idea to have something that you can all hands on deck can use and it's more standardized uh, across the organization everybody's able to get the same type of information that they need from it so um, I do recommend that to anybody listening that uh, yeah. if you're in the organization and you have an audience to track mm-hmm. they'll definitely get some type of database that can help track this information for you. So are there any future broadcasts in the works?
2: Well, we're continuing to work. That's another benefit of the very first interaction that we had with the uh, Shakespeare Uncovered series. Just the partnership, the relationship that it has built with WVPT and the staff there and our staff here. It's a continuing conversation, and that's what I love. wasn't – neither side looked at it as a one-off opportunity. We continue to look for different ways to partner throughout the year. And they're sending us questions about opportunities, and we're sending them ideas. And so – that's just been fantastic. That does sound fantastic. And again, I
1: will point out that does sound like a win-win collaboration partnership. And, uh, you know, you have one of those when you continue to want to work together. Yeah. So has a, this relationship on PBS led to other equally interesting partnerships?
2: Um, you know, actually not so far. Uh, it has, like I said, resulted in a deeper relationship with our local affiliate, but it hasn't really spawned side things yet.
1: So no new sponsors have come forward excited about maybe wanting to partner with you?
2: No, not so far. It's interesting. Well, our local community, uh, there isn't as strong a uh, corporate presence in our region. So we don't have a extremely strong corporate sponsorship model. Um, in the region, so in the Shenandoah Valley, so uh, it, it didn't surprise me. I think in other locations, that that would definitely be an opportunity. The way that it impacts us more is on that individual patron and donor basis, the uh, the new engagement that we receive. And so are you using, just to get back to the actual broadcast, are
1: you using clips of that on your website to get more people excited about it?
2: We use it on our website. We send it out to uh, prospective donors and funders, and uh, we also actively lobby our patron base in specific regions where we think that it would be helpful for them to talk to their local PBS station to get it on the air in their area, because it's free to local PBS affiliates now that it's available on the PBS system. So that's another way that we've been putting it out there. And that's true of both pieces, both the Shakespeare Uncovered piece and the 30-minute documentary. Fantastic. So I do have to ask, then, the fact that you said that you're actually
1: gaining more of a national presence, actually international, Mm -hmm. if it was on uh, the BBC, is that is translating into donors from all over
2: the globe? And and our ticket sales from the U.K. absolutely went up when after it aired in the U.K. in 2012.
1: How did that work? people just visiting traveling or yeah traveling absolutely right?
2: wow. yeah yeah um, we we are a destination theater so uh, that works in our favor for that kind mm-hmm. of thing and being the world's only re- recreation of the Blackfriars Playhouse you can't go anywhere else right. to see what we do, where we do it. Right. So, that um, is so, fascinating. So, I'm going to
1: ask you about any last thoughts or advice about working with PBS for other organizations that are considering.
2: Well, just to make sure that you're consistent in reaching out. You know, uh, the PBS affiliates have small staffs just like we do, and they're all really busy. So, being open to ideas and approaching them, we sort of lucked out in this way to get the conversation started in that uh, we already had this opportunity that presented itself. But since then, just reaching out to them as ideas come up and always looking for things that are truly win-win that aren't surface win for them, but really great for you, you know, Right. um, right? and working through the, uh, documentary, it was important for us to work together in making the production of that documentary as cost-effective as possible, because we did have those grant funds from WNET, but neither organization had any large general operating funds to put towards the production. So, looking at creative ways to get those partnerships started and honestly i think that if we were starting from scratch right now then reaching out about something like the uh, pbs night that we had at the playhouse and offering that up to them during a sponge drive is a natural first Mm -hmm. way to open the door
1: right right that's great advice you're giving to our listeners so we still have a little bit of time left before we wrap this up, and I'm actually going to go off the topic again because I have you here. <laughs> and um, recently I have been thinking about the whole Shakespeare theater experience and how some companies are, are kind of trying to rebrand themselves to include other works besides Shakespeare. So I wanted to get your, your feedback, your perspective on this.
2: Yeah, it's funny. We we have seen Shakespeare theaters all over, uh, looking at ways to change things up. And our approach is actually to stay focused on Shakespeare and his contemporaries. Our mission is to recover the joy and accessibility of Shakespeare's theater language and humanity by exploring the English Renaissance stage and its practices through performance and education. So that is pretty darn specific on. Shakespeare and his contemporaries, we also do break out into some modern pieces that really work in Shakespeare's staging conditions, but we find that when you strip away all of the technological advances that have come along in the last 400 years, that we tend to pile on top of Shakespeare's text, when you take all that away, his work is naturally accessible and joyful and hilarious and heartbreaking and shocking. And so we actually find that our audiences are engaged and continue to grow by focusing on what we do best.
1: I think that's wonderful. And I I did uh, take a look at your website and some of the messaging that you have across your branding. And I was it you brought me joy to see that you were just so passionate about Shakespeare. And when you look at your website, you know you're a Shakespeare company. So um, I would say to the people out there, I, I realize how challenging it is at times, but if you are a Shakespeare company, it's good to, to keep yourself passionate about Shakespeare and, and brand yourself correctly so people can uh, fall in love with Shakespeare, too. So where can people find out more about the American Shakespeare Center?
2: So the best place to find out more about us is on our website, www.americanshakespearecenter.com. We have an abundance of information there about the 17 plays we'll be producing in our next artistic year, as well as the five plays that are running in repertory right now, and the three that will start the week of April So it's all right there, plus all our education information and the tour that runs from Maine down to Florida and out to Austin. We've got a lot going on. We run 52 weeks a year, so there's always something happening.
1: Wow. Wow. So year-round. Yep. Wonderful. So the American Shakespeare Center, I want to thank Amy for being here on the ADS podcast. I hope to have you on again.
2: Thanks.
0: Thanks so much. It was great.
1: All right. Thanks so much.
0: I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Amy Ratchford. I find her to be one smart cookie. And the advice that she has given us today about how to partner with PBS, I hope many of you will take that into consideration. Anytime you have a chance to collaborate with a community organization such as PBS and NPR, I think you can create some wonderful win-win situations that will solidify your relationship, not only with that other organization, but also solidify your relationships with audience members in the community, as she mentioned. So thanks again for listening. I'm Shoshana Finitza with Audience Development Specialists. If you have any questions, comments, feedback, send them to ADS at buildmyaudience.com. Take care.